Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. Today, I have a treat for you. We are talking with Tree, who is a self-love coach who actually works to reprogram your subconscious. I love this episode because we get super deep and super philosophical. So grab your cocktail and join us in the lounge. Tree, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today? Thank you very much for having me. I am drinking a glass of water. Oh. Very adventurous. <laughs> oh, well, if you have uh, listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I ask people what they're drinking. And a lot of times, I'm not even drinking anything, and we're supposed to be in the lounge. I'm like, just just say that you're drinking something, but she actually has water. She has the proof. I'm actually having um, Zip Fizz. Do you know what that is? No, I don't think we have it here in the UK. Mm. Well, I'm having Zip Fizz today, and that's... You get it at Costco. Do you guys have Costco in the UK? I think we do. I think we have like warehouses, but it's not like as popular as it is in the United States, I think. But um, it looks a little bit like what you showed me, like a pink window washing liquid. (laughs) Pink window washing liquid. Yes. Borderline antifreeze. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, it's (laughs) No, it's very good. Um, it makes me, I'm not even sponsored by this, but like I get it at Costco because I used to drink a lot of coffee and then it would give me the runs and I just, I didn't really like that. And somebody told me that coffee just kicks up your adrenaline. It doesn't really like caffeinate you. So maybe it was just trying to get away from that, but I'm also doing this 75 day challenge where I'm supposed to drink like half my body weight in water, which I guess this isn't uh it's not the 75 hard, but it's like the CEO version. But I guess this isn't, this wouldn't work for the 75 hard. Anyway, uh, now I'm rambling. So Tree, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do? We're talking about the subconscious mind today. Yeah, of course I can. So I am a women's mentor, women's mindset mentor, and I help anxious people pleasing women who have very low self-esteem and negative self-talk. And I really helped them to become their own best healer. And we rewire their subconscious mind. So all the subconscious beliefs that they have will be changed to something very empowering so they can actually go and live their dream life. Oh, I love that. I love how empowering that is. Like you have all the tools within you already to have the life that you want. We just have to rewire that programming. So for anybody who is new to what the subconscious mind is, can you talk about a little bit about, can you talk a little bit about that? Of course I can. So the subconscious mind is a part of our mind that is not in a state of awareness. So it contains like our emotions, our like long-term memory, identity, self-image, self-esteem, values. There is so much there. If we think about it, that is 95% of our mind is the subconscious mind. When we go to school, we're kind of thought, we're kind of taught just the conscious part of our mind and how to operate that and that is the part of our mind that says, okay, I'm going to, you know, talk to Lexi today and I'm going to show up on this podcast and then I'm going to have this glass of water because I know that her guests are drinking water. Do you know what I mean? That's our conscious mind. But our subconscious mind is so, so, so powerful. And it's mainly the subconscious beliefs that I help my clients 
rewire. Where did the subconscious beliefs come from? They, that is firstly a very good question. This is something that I always tell my clients because it's really, this is something that we really need to know before we start rewiring, before we start reprogramming, we really need to know where do they come from? And obviously it differs, differs from people. Sorry. And obviously it differs from a person, from person to person, but usually majority of the time, these subconscious beliefs come from our childhood because when we are about zero to seven or eight years old we do not have any critical thinking yet our subconscious mind is open we are actually we even operate on the same brain waves which are called theta brain waves that one would have if i would put them under hypnosis so we're just like constantly walking under hypnosis taking everything in because we're children we also take things personally so if something happens if we have you know parents that don't know how to cope very much with being a parent or you know with life itself if they drink or anything like that we tend to make it about ourselves and this is majority of the time where these subconscious beliefs come from obviously they can still come later in life as well especially when we've been in narcissistic relationships and that pattern has been repetitive Uh, but majority of the time they come from childhood oh that i have a great example of what that looks like in your life so if you had a parent who was very i would say reactive would be the best word like the drop of a pin would make them blow up on you you're going to start seeing that come out in other parts of your life you're going to be attracted to partners who are reactive and explosive um when you have kids you'll start reacting and exploding on them because that's what's normal to you that's the only thing you know that's the programming that you had as a child it's not it's the thing that you witnessed that was normal to you because nobody knows they have an abnormal childhood until they meet other adults later in life where they're like oh well my parents didn't do that oh my childhood looked like this which I mean, that's, that's where awareness comes in, right? Awareness is key. Our parents did the best they could at the time with the knowledge they had. We do the best we can at the time with the knowledge we have. But that's why it's so important to be aware and pay attention to what triggers you, especially because that is going to lead you back to a wounding, a situation that made you feel like you can't speak up anymore, um, made you want to silence yourself, whatever it is. It's just so honestly, so fascinating to me that every little experience that we have in life, especially in the very beginning stages of our lives, that that shapes the way we see the world, that shapes the lens we see the world, the way we act. And we don't even realize we do it. A lot of times people are like, well, I just, nothing goes great for me. Nothing, just nothing works for me. And it's like, well, why do you- That was me. Yeah. (laughs) That was literally me for the first 28 years of my life. So I, I, it, it was literally, I lived in effect. Nothing worked for me. The world was out to get me. Yes, I didn't have a very good upbringing, but you said something really profound there. And I, and I want to literally go back to that. I literally want to go back there just for a second. You said 
our parents did the best they could with the knowledge that they had. And that is so true. And this is not to play the blame game. Like there is no such thing as a perfect parent. We will all have our children. We will all pass something on to them, good and bad. And it's not about saying, oh, you know, yes, our parents were really bad. And, but yes, what happened to us in our childhood, those beliefs, they are not, they were not our fault. However, healing is our responsibility. Yes. Yes. All right. That's it for this show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that right there, any, you are not in control of what happens to you, but you are in control of what you put out into the world. So if someone comes up to you and is like, tree, you're a bitch and I hate you. You are completely responsible for what comes out of you at that point. You could either fight fire with fire, or you could be like, why do you think that? Or you cannot even respond. But that's so interesting to me that in the culture, we just, we always want to put, hold other people accountable, but we never want to hold ourselves accountable. We want to say, well, you did that. So I reacted like this. No, that's not how it works because then you're just as bad as that person for blowing up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I see this in our culture. When, if, if we're starting to look at, at a bigger picture, I see this in our culture, in our society so much where we are holding everyone else accountable, except ourselves, it literally except ourselves. They, they did that. They said this. I am triggered. I am wounded. I need this space for myself. You know, everyone else needs to cater to you and one of the good things that came from my childhood is the fact that no one owes you anything like they don't you could get triggered right now and put this podcast you know on pause and go away and hyperventilate but that's the truth that is the truth no one owes us anything that's just the society that we are born into and and that's something good that came from it came from kind of my upbringing that I understood that it's either me or no one's going to come and save me. But I see this so much in our society right now, our wounded society, where we are not addressing our own wounds and we are pointing fingers and everyone else owes us all kinds of things. And I'm sorry, but, you know, unfortunately, that's not the game we're playing. No. No. And for everybody who's asking on TikTok, we're recording a podcast about the subconscious mind. So enjoy to listen or not up to you. Um, yes. I think that we have definitely seen in the last, I would say four years, cancel culture was like a huge thing. And I think a lot of it was a lot of wounding. Um, but the thing, the reason why I really did not like cancel culture at all, and I do think we're on the tail end of it, is because shame lives in the darkness and you can't shame somebody into changing. So for example, me, one of my dear, dear, dear friends, she is like, you know, I agree with cancel culture and we talked about it and her perspective of it is like, well, if somebody is insert worst thing you can do here, then I don't want my friends or people shopping there or whatever, which I'm like, I get that. Like if you're having a one-to-one -one conversation and being like, Hey, don't shop there. 
But where I do not disagree is when you put on like the public smear campaign about like a difference of political opinion. Like, come on, let people have their own opinions because you can't control that. When we try to control other people's perceptions of the world, the way they operate in the world, the way they view things, even if we do not agree with them, that's coming from like a fear-based control, controlling state, which is something that we can't even do. We can't control people at all. I mean, it's, it's interesting. And I would wonder, do you know where that would come from? Like that need to feel like you need to have everybody like in line with you and what you see and how you operate and how you view the view the world? Yes, absolutely. I've thought about it a lot because I've been seeing this just like you more and more, um, you know, people losing their jobs. You know, we are talking about doxing and um, just practices that are not in any way, shape or form helpful or anything like that. And as to something as you know political views and why do we expect everyone in the world to have the same opinions that we do and with my clients I work with them on different subconscious like levels one of them is the inner child and what you what your inner child is is basically this childlike aspect of ourselves it's often categorized as a, categorized as a sub-personality and it can be illustrated as an aspect of a person's psyche and that retains the exact feelings that were experienced in one's childhood now what my clients have is the wounded inner child right where that archetype contains the negative and distressed and damaged um, emotional patterns of their youth, basically. And that's kind of what I see outplaying in our society, the way that you need to agree with me. Like, if you think about it, that's just, if, you, if you've seen your own children playing, you know, it, there's very much of this, no, like, I need this toy right now, and you can have it later, or, you know, I am not a mother myself, but I've kind of almost like looked at it from that point of view a little bit. And what I see is just very many wounded inner children looking for that outside recognition almost or their own opinions being validated by someone else. And if and what I see happening in cancel culture is this very black and white thinking. You're either with me or you're against me. You're mm. either this or you're that. You're either, you know, right or left. You are either anti or you're pro. Or this very kind of polarized thinking. Again, children, that's how children can see the world sometimes. And that's, again, our wounded inner child, something in our subconscious you know, the lack of critical thinking that we talked about before that goes, you know what, I, this is my friend and maybe we don't agree, but we still love each other. I understand that their political values, they actually have the best at heart when they are thinking about such and such. There kind of seems to be very much lack of it, doesn't there? I think that a lot of people don't even get to the point where they want to understand why people see the world that the, the way they do. I think they 
are searching for confirmation bias, they go on Twitter and type in their keywords. And as soon as they find something that aligns with their viewpoint, they're like, see, see, it makes them more rooted. But I think where the real power lies is if you set out to understand why people think the way they do, not agree. I mean, you can agree, but if you just set the goal to be like, okay, I just want to understand why tree voted for Trump, even though you're in the United Kingdom. <laughs> I want to see why she did that. Like, what view of the world does she have? What policies does she like? What, like, what is it? You know, but a lot of times like, oh my gosh, in the, in the United States, obviously, when that whole election was happening and people on Facebook were like, if you voted for so-and-so delete me, I'm like, really? Why? Like, you don't even know why people, but I know so many people who vote based on policies. Like they hate the person, but they love the policy. And it's just so interesting to me that people can just so easily like cut people out because of an opinion. You know, obviously there's nuance to all of this, but it just blows my mind how easily and wounded people are to do that. And the thing that I find very, very fascinating is that our lens of the world and the way we see the world and the way we operate is rooted in our subconscious mind. But all of that happened through our childhood, who our parents were, how they talked about us, how they talked to us, um, our traumas, lived experiences, our socioeconomic status, the five closest people we hung out with, um, the way they operated. There's so many things that shape a person in the lens. It would be the biggest narcissistic statement ever to be like, you have to agree with me. Like how narcissistic is that to be like, if you don't see the world the same way I do, then you're wrong. Like who made you right? And honestly, if I'm on this tangent, being right is subjective. Like how do we know what's right? Here's a, a example about religion. I personally believe in God, but I'm not going to go to somebody who believes in Buddha and be like, you're wrong. You're going to hell. Cause I, you are entitled to that opinion. You are entitled to that belief. I am not going to set out to be like, oh, well, if you believe in this, then whatever. That's not, I, I don't care enough. I just want to know what makes you, you. I'm genuinely un interested in people. And I would just like to understand where that came from. Cause I think in the religion example, a lot of our religious beliefs are shaped at, from our parents when we're younger. And then, um, they can obviously evolve as we get older and we come into a new level of consciousness and awareness, but oh, that's my soapbox. So I'm getting off because my mouth's getting dry. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And what I see with happening with cancel culture and this almost like this entitlement that's going on, that's very entitled opinion to come from that everyone needs to think the absolute same way is to literally deny the socioeconomic backgrounds, the, the difference in everything, the difference in everyone's subconscious mind and what makes them tick and what they deem is important is to deny that and to say that everyone needs to think the same way. And I, I believe um, that this is our wounded inner children um, playing out this game and rather than rather than looking into ourselves and going what is 
it here that is triggering me? Why do I have to go on Twitter day by day, start arguments, start calling out people? What is it there that I need? What am I lacking? What do I need to heal? It's escapism. That Twitter, those Twitter wars and all the rest of it, there's a lot of escapism there. I'm not saying that everyone that's on Twitter or anything like that does that, but I see so many wounded people knowing that, oh my God, you just need to deal with yourself. You know, you need, there's a lot of low self-esteem there, a lot of low because our self-esteem comes from the subconscious mind as well there's a lot of sadness there if we think about it no happy person goes on twitter and goes i'm gonna start a fight today right. i'm gonna tell that political party and those followers what i think of them and where they should go happy people don't do that happy people are concerned with their lives not to say that happy people don't have their own you know um things that they want to do, their own charities, they want to get involved in their own awarenesses, they, that they want to raise their own um, justices that they want to fight for, I sure do. But the way that it's been played out, it's escapism from our own wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's really powerful. I honestly am at this point where if something triggers me, I get excited because I'm like, okay, what, how can I grow now? And that's honestly, that's what entrepreneurship has taught me is to continue growing. Like entrepreneurship has been the most uncomfortable thing for me in the world. I've really stepped out of my shell. And it was interesting because the other day I was at church and they were, they were doing some announcements and there was a girl on there talking and my husband looks over at me. He goes, you should do that. And I was like, I should. And I was like, I looked at him a second later and I was like, if you would have told me that a year two, three years ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. Nope. Nope. Very insecure. And I was like you in the fact where I've grown out of this really insecure shell of myself where I used to call people out. Like I have so many traumatic flashbacks to me in high school where I would call people out on Twitter, you know, for sleeping with a guy in my high school. It's like, what's the, like, why do I care? Why do I care what these other people are doing, you know? Um, but I now realize that was because I was so wounded that I it made me feel better to tear other people down than to actually work on myself. So now I make a conscious effort to continually look inside. Like if I'm triggered, I'm like, where is this coming from? How can I step into the next best version of myself? Because it's our lives. Like if we're just sitting here waiting for somebody to come save us, then we're going to be sitting here forever. Nobody's going to come pull you out of your wallowing shell and be like, hey, let's let's get on with the picture. You have to have a glimpse of it and a taste of what it feels like. And then you really start seeking it, right? So for example, I have a, I have a membership now and it's more about like personal development for multi-passionates. But the, a lot of the people that come to me, they're like, hey, I they got the taste of a little bit of Instagram success, right? And they're like, hey, I want to, you know, keep this ball rolling. And that's when they join because they're like, I just, I need support. Like, it's already so lonely, but that's the key is continually looking inside, working on yourself, growing yourself 
figuring out what triggers you, figuring out um, where you could just be a better person in general, how you can build your confidence, how you can just elevate yourself, become your ideal self. We always talk about our ideal clients, but what about our ideal self? Like, how do you get to that person? We all have a vision in our mind of like the person we want to become and the person we want to be. So how can we get there? Because you can, but you have to put in the work and nobody said it's going to be easy. It's going to be really freaking uncomfortable, but that's where the magic lies. Absolutely. And our identity again lies in the subconscious. I actually do identity work with my clients as well, but before we get there, that's like, I have a 12 week one-on-one program and the identity work is like week 10 or week 11 depending on the clients but before we get there we need to look at their inner child we need to do their shadow work we need to look at their limiting beliefs and everything and then once it's all stripped off we can say okay who is the person that we want to be but otherwise I believe that yes we can have that person in front of us but if we have that wounding if we if we have the belief the limiting beliefs that I am not good enough I am unlovable I am unworthy I can't cope which are the four main limiting beliefs that come from our childhood wounding then we can picture that person all we want and we are not able to take that step because inherently we believe that we are not good enough to do that and that's when we start self-sabotaging which we could do a whole nother podcast on (laughs) well let's touch on what what is self-sabotage so self-sabotage the way i see it is having goals and aspirations may it be healing may it be in personal life, may it be in business, and consciously setting those goals while subconsciously getting out of them. For example, we could say that, how, how many times have you heard people say, yeah, I really want my own business, but you know, I just, I set my website up, but like, I just haven't had the last months to like able to deal with it because they find every single excuse under the sun to not to do it mm-hmm. that in my eyes is self-sabotage yes there are sometimes times where you don't have time I'm not going to say that no you like have the time 100% but you can see you and the same person says oh my god did you see that movie last night and you're like mm, I thought you were really really busy actually that you wanted to but these same people they start self-sabotaging and that's because in our subconscious mind what we have is called underlying commitments and these underlying commitments are subconscious so we are not aware of them and these underlying commitments will always over will always override what we consciously set to do so for example someone came to you and said oh I want to I want to save money like this 2022 is the year I'm going to save money and you just see them going on to sales you can see them posting a picture of something that is not needed maybe and it's just not going anywhere that's because actually they have an underlying commitment to keep themselves broke for example or there's a person that says oh I'm going to lose this extra weight that I really want to lose it's not serving me and you just see them 
eating, eating cake all the time, their gym membership hasn't been touched after the 15th of January. Mm -hmm. And that's because they have an underlying commitment maybe to keep feeling bad about themselves or maybe even they know that when they lose that weight, they don't actually have an excuse not to put that dating profile up anymore. <laughs> and they are actually really, really scared of putting themselves out there, right? So yeah. underlying commitment is, it, it, it's, they are just fascinating. Our subconscious mind is so fascinating. And people saying, oh yeah, I really want to do that my own business but I don't have the time right now there's actually an underlying commitment to keep themselves maybe even miserable because it's comfortable you, it's comfortable we get to be right I had an underlying commitment my childhood was full of wounding and I had an underlying commitment to keep myself as a victim because I got to be right I got to set the said the things where I could be like, oh, you know, I don't like change, you know how, and my boyfriend would be like, oh yeah, I know how you are. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know how I am, yeah. And I got to just be, you know, someone that's gets the attention that other way. And when I changed myself, I didn't, I, I just had to step up and be that person who has their own business and shows up differently and yes it's really it was very hard at first but and it is like you said i've never been more uncomfortable in my entire life the year 2021 was i don't i don't know i was always uncomfortable but now i look and i'm like but i was comfortable for so 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 many years and where did it get me absolutely effing nowhere yes there's a price you pay for comfort and i saw actually this tiktok yesterday um it was kind of a mindset shift and i i actually really liked it about when we do things or weighing the the pros and the cons i'm gonna do a cold outreach let's use that as an example so i started a business and it's not really going anywhere and now i realize i have the option to cold outreach to somebody and a lot of times people just focus on the the negative what ifs like well what if what if i didn't do this or um or no let me i'm gonna edit this part out what if i what if they reject me what if they don't respond what if they just leave me in the dust you know there's all these what ifs the negatives and those are usually the things that stop us from taking action, but there's another side, which is the positive what ifs. So what if this did work? What if I did sign this client? What if I did have this 2K a month retainer now? What if I did, you know, and then spiraling up on the positives, but a lot of us just stop at the negative what ifs. But the thing is, when you start looking at the positive what ifs, then it makes the risk less scary. But here's the problem is when people recognize both of the risks and they go back to the comfort zone. They're like, well, if I just don't say anything, then I don't have any chance of getting rejected or I don't have any chance of, you know, potentially getting fired in the future by this client. There's all these, there's all these things that we do, but we just get stuck because it's so comfortable. We're just, yeah, it's, it's just interesting that we don't really weigh the, the negative what ifs 
and the positive what ifs. We just weigh the negatives and then we allow those to keep us stuck and comfortable. And then we're like, why isn't anything working? I'm just not a very good business owner. Like that was me last year. I did hardly anything. Actually, this was 2020. I keep thinking it's 2021 still. In 2020, I started my business right before the pandemic, like literally two weeks. And I was doing all the things that I thought I was trying to, you know, be on this routine. I had a newborn baby. And when I didn't immediately get clients, I was like, well, this isn't working. This just sucks. And I was like, hardly, I was still like deathly afraid of calling people, you know, but I, I called people. I did cold outreach. I didn't really know what attraction marketing was at that point, but in 2021, after sitting there, well, actually at the end of 2020, I was like, okay, this is doing nothing. Like there's no movement. Now I just feel like even more of a POS because I, there's nothing happening. So then I really started to show up more on Instagram. And then in 2021, I actually sold, started selling things. And that was when I really stepped into my confidence because I was so uncomfortable. Like it was so freaking uncomfortable to put myself out there, feel like a freaking idiot talking on stories, posting on TikTok, like doing all of the things. I felt so dumb, but it's like a muscle that needs to be worked. The first time you show up on your Instagram stories and talk to people, you're going to feel so uncomfortable and think you look so stupid and dumb because that's mo most of our minds tell us. But the more you work at it and the more you try it and the more you find your groove and your rhythm and incorporate your personality into it, it gets easier and easier and easier. And then you'll start trying to challenge yourself with live video. You might try to challenge yourself by going live on TikTok. Um, you might branch out to a new platform. You might try something else. But it's all of these micro steps that get us to where we want to go. Because a lot of people are at the bottom of the staircase and they're looking at the top and they're like, I want to get there, but they're not willing to take a step. Yeah, it's the, uh, what do you call it now? The courage to suck is basically something that I really needed to get comfortable with. And obviously I'm not still comfortable with it, but being comfortable with being uncomfortable all the time is what entrepreneurship is for me. And it's being out of your comfort zone all the time. It's having tough conversations with your clients. It's it's showing up on social media and thinking, oh my God, I've lost now like 15 followers because of this post. And and it's all, yeah, it's, it's, it's all a journey. Um, but with working with your subconscious mind, I don't know if I wouldn't have done any of the work with my subconscious mind, well, I would still be, well, me before the pandemic or just when pandemic hit, it was my mental health was the lowest it has been for such a long time. I had, cause I lost my job because of the pandemic and all these negative beliefs that were just lying dormant in my subconscious just came out. Literally shit hit the fan and everything. And I had to deal with no income plus, you know, the almost like the shame of being made redundant, thinking what the hell our household, it like, it would not be supported just by my partner's income. There was a lot of things that I needed to rewire. And the really great thing about the subconscious mind is like, yes, it does need repetitive um, rewiring, but 
what we are fed in this in the society is like oh you need to go to years and years and years and years and therapy and then you know but when you work on the subconscious mind when you work with your inner child and your shadows and your limiting beliefs and you for me one of the main one of the main techniques i use is called the time technique and it took this person, so I was doing my certification and still not feeling good enough, still feeling like, what the hell am I doing? And this girl needed my help so she could record the video. So we had to do like loads of recordings to send it out to get our certifications, right? I believe that there was 22 like different techniques we had to be able to do. Took this girl 15 minutes, 15 minutes like one five minutes to get rid of my belief that I'm not good enough that's years of therapy of sitting in the office trying to fill the awkward silences but just uh, by the way no no shame on therapists or anything like that they're doing fantastic work I'm not talking about that but it's just like we've been fed of this you need to you know go years and years and years and years I've got amazing results with my clients just by working on their subconscious mind because the subconscious mind, it doesn't store time the way that we think, you know, it should be. And the, the change can be so quick when you rewire your subconscious mind. Yes, it takes repetition. Yes, the learnings that I cut that I got from the technique that she did. I had to choose these learnings over and over and over and over again, sometimes 1700 times per day, but it worked, but it worked. And that's why I'm so passionate about the subconscious mind because, and the people that I deal with as well, at the moment in our society, there's like, you've either gone through extreme abuse and extreme abandonment and extreme, all these but what about the people that had the food on the table that had the roof over their heads that had both parents there but the parents were not there for them emotionally the parents were emotionally very withdrawn it causes so much wounding so what we now have is this generation of people who think well it wasn't too bad for me but i don't know why i'm so depressed i don't know why i feel like i am a pos yeah. and that's the people that i deal with and just rewiring their subconscious through these different techniques has been a journey that i'm so privileged to, to witness and that's why i'm just so obsessed because this is where our answers lie when it comes to entrepreneurship, our healing money. 2022 is the year where I am rewiring my money mindset. My money mindset is at the moment, it's not good. I came from a family that had almost no money whatsoever. Like the, the apartment where I was born, we didn't have a toilet. Like we didn't have a toilet. Would we poop like in a compost bucket? <laughs> we had a communal toilet for these like six apartments. Oh it my god! It didn't even have water. Like this is the family that I was. Like this is kind of the 
the economic background that I was born into, there were days when I felt when I went without food, I went without electricity, I went without running water, heating, everything. So 2022 is when, you know, it's, it's just the subconscious mind touches so much. It's just not healing. It's, it's your empowerment. It's your money mindset is who you attract. And I'm just so obsessed with it because it's There's power there. The power there is just amazing. That's amazing. It's power you can't buy. Um, you have to dive deep into yourself. You can't just go to the store and be like, okay, well, I'm going to rewire my subconscious with this thing. Actually, oh gosh, there is this, um, frick, I don't even know the name. Hold on. It's, it's something that I forget what it is. Oh my gosh. Okay. It, in this book I'm reading, it's talking about people with PTSD or abuse or trauma and how their brain waves go the way that, that you were saying, like the theta, beta, whatever, brainwaves, I don't know all about it. But they're saying that when people are abused or have ADHD or trauma or whatever, their brainwaves are all over the place. That's why they can't pay attention. That's why they're, that's why they're scatterbrained. And they did this thing. Can you hear me? You are frozen. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, you're back. Oh, good. I was about to text you. You were frozen. Oh, Sorry, oh. you were... <clears throat> Oh, perfect. Okay. So there's this thing called, I think it's electro, I don't know, neuro, neurofeedback. That's what it's called. It's called neurofeedback. And essentially they use it for people with PTSD, um, trauma, ADHD, and they put these little sensors on your head and they monitor your brain waves when they're doing that. So then they start giving positive feedback to the places in your brain that need more of it. So it regulates your um, brainwaves. And something that I thought was very interesting is that this one girl, she had, um, grand mal seizures, like two times or more a month, for example. And she did this neurofeedback stuff for two months. I think it was twice a week for two months. And then she was virtually seizure free after that, which I thought mind blown. And then in 1970 whatever they found pharmaceuticals and so that now is they put that neurofeedback that actually heals people on the back burner and pharmaceuticals are the new thing so there is some things that you need to heal inside yourself like drugs are not going to heal you they won't big pharma those kind of drugs, like they're not going to heal you. What's the, I feel like even if we had the most amazing childhood, like our parents were both there, there's always going to be that one thing that you're like, I just felt like they weren't there for me. I felt like they were always on their phone. I felt like they da da da. Like I had food on the table. I had a warm place to sleep. I had the nicest clothes. I had this, but my mom was always busy. You know, that's, that's kind of my, I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to traumatize my kids, aren't I? <laughs> Cause I'm like, I work on my phone pretty much. And I'm like, I'm behind a screen a lot, but it's just so interesting how things work. And I think if we all get to the point where we realize that a lot of our healing and our growth is going to come from within. So we might as well dive in, feel the uncomfort and make a change at least in 2022 
because I mean, this is being recorded at the beginning of 2022. And I know that a lot of people have New Year's resolutions right now. And because of our subconscious, a lot of people are going to fall flat on their face on the 15th or the 30th or however long. Um, So it's really important going into this year that if you're listening to this, you think about the life that you want to have and start taking the steps to create it because otherwise you're going to be back here in 2023 and being like, okay, this is my year now. Like you can make it your year at any moment you decide. If you decide in the next minute that you're like, you know what, I'm going to make a change and then do it. My top tip for that I have been telling my clients recently is if you have a, a thought of like, oh, I should reach out to that person. And then that thought is followed by a limiting belief or a, an excuse. You have to do it then. Use that limiting belief or excuse and make that your fuel. Like prove yourself wrong. And I will tell you, your confidence is going to skyrocket. You're going to be trusting yourself more. You're going to probably have more clients because you're actually trying. You're actually doing things. You're learning. You're growing. And that's what's important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said, if we we always say, oh, we're going to do it tomorrow, like tomorrow never comes it's always tomorrow Uh, I always think to myself that if I say that I'm going to start tomorrow why not today because if I'm not going to start today then I'm not going to start tomorrow either actually but yeah it's uh, it's true what you said about healing and it all comes from within and I there was this there was this woman I had a conversation with which was really funny because I was petrified 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 of showing up on instagram on camera making reels petrified she literally took three hours to rewire my subconscious mind and now i'm doing reels left right and center right Mm -hmm. but but she uh, we had a conversation and i've always kind of thought that i'm not a coach very much i'm more like a mentor because i i kind of show how to do and what to do um and uh, she said, oh, I think you're a healer. And I have some kind of a, I don't want to say a negative association with the, that word, but I, do, I never want to call myself a healer, although I practice a lot of techniques and hypnosis. And, but that puts the power almost like into my hands, where it's actually, it's nothing to do with me. I can, you know, guide you through the, through the techniques and help you but I feel like if I call myself a healer and that's if you're listening to this now and you're calling yourself a healer I really do not mean this in a bad way but I know that I would look at a healer to think oh my god they've got these superpowers that I don't possess whereas actually your subconscious mind is so powerful all of our subconscious minds are you just need to tap into that magic and you can be your own best healer. Mm, amen. I think this, the holistic psychologist, I think she really spearheaded that movement. And by the awareness that she brought to the self healers, I think that changed everything. And I think now it gives people like you and me the freedom to realize that we can heal within like we don't need to do traditional talk therapy unless you want to because i've been to therapy and it's helped me have so many breakthrough breakthroughs uh, you don't have to be on medication 
You don't have to continue sabotaging your life. You don't have to stay in this negative mindset your whole life. You have the power, but the whole point of this podcast is to bring awareness to how your subconscious mind plays a role in your life, in your day-to-day operations of your life and why you are stuck and why you keep repeating the same shit over and over and expecting a different result. It starts with your mind. It starts with the things that you were programmed as normal. I'm going to give you guys an example and then I'm going to have Tree finish off um, and then you can find out how to work with her. But when I was growing up, my grandma, bless her heart, she was like, you know, schizophrenia runs in our family. It runs in our family. And I shit you not for at least two years straight, I was deathly afraid of just waking up one day and having schizophrenia. Like I was just so freaked out by it. And then I realized what generational patterns and generational trauma is. And if people in your ancestral line, like your grandma, for example, doesn't heal her trauma, she's very abusive. She's going to take it out on your mom, for example. And then your mom thinks that that's normal and she hasn't healed. And then she's going to take it out on you. And then the pattern goes down. So I think a lot of, for example, schizophrenia, I think that is like severe trauma that happens to people. And I mean, that's probably unpopular opinion, but that's my intuition. That's telling me that's what it is because my dad had some signs of it for a while. It was really, it was really bizarre, but I realized that these, this cloud or this umbrella of it runs in my family it gives people no hope at all. You're just like, well, just one day I'm, I'm just waiting for it to happen. And it doesn't have to be like that. The biggest thing that you can do for yourself and your family and your children and your grandchildren and the people that come after you is to heal yourself and provide a better life and provide a better outlook and be positive and just set the path where it breaks those generational curses and those trauma bonds and whatever, because they will pass down. Even if you don't deal, if you don't deal with them, they will pass down. And that's not the legacy that I want to leave to my family. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you are listening to this podcast now and you feel like, okay, great, but where do I start? How do I know what limiting beliefs I have? How do I know what's in our subconscious? Because we're not taught that, right? The best thing to start with is how we view ourselves. If you have negative self-talk, if you have feelings of, you know, oh, I I really would want to have my own business or go for that job or, you know, start dating again, but then we have a limiting belief there. And the way we view ourselves is the most important part of the subconscious mind. It's not even because everything else will relate to it. It's almost like a tree in my eyes where the trunk is our, how our, where the trunk is how we see ourselves, the relationship that we have with ourselves. Later on, yes, you can work with your money mindset and you can work with the beliefs you have about love or anything like that but what do you think about yourself is where everything starts from self-love the way you see yourself is where everything starts from so many people right now is 
you can see are concerned with manifesting the right partner, manifesting the right job. I always ask, what's the relationship you have with yourself? They go, oh, I don't know. There was this client that I had and we, we talked and I was like, okay, you are having really bad, you know, episodes of, of, of depression. What, how do you see yourself? What's the relationship you have with yourself? They go, mm, I don't know, I think it's okay. So we do this visualization with their inner child and they cry so badly they can't breathe because there's an inner child inside them that was left when they were six years old because their dad buggered off, right? Mm. So my point being that everything relates to how we see ourselves in the subconscious. So if you're wondering where to start this, where to start your journey, you've got this empowerment like oh my god yes if i heal my subconscious i can do i can make my own business and i can you know manifest more money and manifest the love of my life start with rewiring how you see yourself start with your inner child start with the shadow aspects of yourself go move forward to identity rewire your mindset rewire your mindset around yourself because everything is going to relate to you because it's your world mm -hmm. so amen do take this do take this very very seriously once you start seeing yourself as worthy as enough as empowered as someone who can cope there is no stopping you i promise you that although things might seem dull right now. It might seem like, yeah, but I've had this life and yeah, I don't like it, but you know, it's, it's just uncomfortable. Like I promise you, once you have that self-love and you know that you are worth more, you are going to become unstoppable, but start with yourself. Amen. There is not a more important relationship than the one you have with yourself. Like you can't have a good relationship with other people if you don't have a good one with yourself, because then you're going to take everything as defensive or reactive or like it's an attack on you or whatever. But if you know yourself and you know what you're meant for, how good you are at XYZ, PTQ, what your intentions are, you can always retreat back to yourself and be like, you know what, Lexi, maybe next time I'll do that a little differently, but I'm going to give myself some grace at this point. And another thing I want to point out really quick is because I didn't know this until a couple years ago. I used to think that the thoughts that cross your mind, like if you ever sit with yourself and then you have a thought comes to your mind, like I'm not good at that. That is not truth. Your thoughts are not always truth. So just remember that because I used to think that they were, if my mind told me I'm not good at that, or I can never be X, Y, Z, I'd be like, oh, well it, it's in my mind. So it must be true. That's your subconscious talking to you. Exactly. That's your subconscious. The limiting, the limiting beliefs. And these, these are actually really good indicators. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, oh my God, I know I, you know, I have these thoughts actually brilliant brilliant because you can use these thoughts as a these thoughts as a flashlight about to see what beliefs you have there and use everything as a something to approach curiously and just like you Lexi I had such bad negative self-talk and I believed that 
I believe those thoughts. I believe that I, I, you know, everyone in my life was going to abandon me. I was never worthy. I could never cope. I'm just going to earn like low money, all the rest of it. And I thought that that was the truth. And that's what really irritates me that we are not taught about the subconscious mind at school. And that's, that's not because your subconscious mind hates you. No, 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 no. Your subconscious mind is just running a program that someone typed in. They might be the society, your parents, your loved ones, your family around you. And it's just regurgitating that program. Now, imagine if I have a really beautiful golden MacBook that I'm manifesting right now, by the way. And what I'm printing out is not something that I like. And there's loads of typos there. I'm not going to throw the laptop away. It's, you are not broken. The laptop isn't broken. All you need to do is go and write the, something new. And that's exactly what you need to do with your subconscious mind. And once you rewire the beliefs to be the true beliefs about yourself because you are inherently worthy you are inherently enough whether you're working 24 7 or whether you're watching netflix for seven days straight your worthiness doesn't change but when you rewire those subconscious mind your subconscious mind is going to work for you rather than maybe against you that at the moment it might be doing but you're not going to throw the laptop away and say oh my god it's broken no you're going to go oh i'm just going to change this a little bit and this is exactly why the subconscious mind is so 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 powerful so powerful you guys i hope that this episode brought you some clarity um we covered everything from your subconscious mind to your programming to your triggers to limiting beliefs i mean we could dive so much deeper on into this but for time's sake, I want, and you know what, a lot of this is individualized. So if you want to start working on your subconscious mind and working through those, I highly recommend working with Tree. She's amazing. She is, has a very comforting um, aura about her as well. So Tree, where can people find you and how can they work with you? So people can find me on Instagram mainly. My Instagram handle is the.spiritual.hustler or the website is also www.thespiritualhustler.co.uk. All information about my website, testimonials, everything can be found on my bio. You can DM me and I will surely be sending you a very nice voice note back i love sending voice notes so just to be sure just to let you know you've been warned um and we can go from there and just see what the best possible outcome that you need for your subconscious mind is and what we can do there has been a lot of people there have been a lot of people that you know come to me and they think that I have one problem but i've kind of been like okay you don't actually need me maybe you need this instead so i'm i do kind of take the people that i know that need me uh and it's going to be great i've had very 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 many good transformational stories and you can read all about them or also watch them on my igtv 
Yay. I'm so excited. So if you are listening to this after, follow me on TikTok so you can watch this live stream. We are going to answer some questions. So um, podcast peeps, we will talk to you later. Thank you so much for joining us in the lounge. Don't forget to leave some love in the reviews, subscribe, and connect with us on social media. Don't miss next week's episode where I am chatting with multi-passionate entrepreneur Janice Wong about mindful productivity hacks. We all know we need some of that in our lives. Until then, we'll see you next week, my friends.